0: Making connections, affecting the culture, just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Man, Wesley, you know, we've talked on this program before about our families. Mm -hmm. And with Christmas right around the corner, Thanksgiving right around the corner, I've got birthdays and anniversary, and it is an incredibly busy,
1: busy, did I mention it's a busy season (laughs) right now? You know, it really is. You know, I've done a lot of traveling with work, and I've got um, holidays. you got birthdays. i got anniversaries coming up. And then, of course, um, one of my favorite seasons is hunting, you know, as far as a hobby goes. And that's not even to mention Saturday football. Not Saturday football. College, College football. I mean, you, you know. Just, you just got a lot going on. So There's a lot going
0: on. It's church fall. Church on
1: Wednesdays. Church it, on Sundays. Yeah, you know, and the thing
0: is, here's the thing. When it gets so incredibly busy, Wesley, I, I, I'll, I'll confess something. I've had days... Where the day will be over, I'm putting my kids into bed, and I realize, you know what? I have not mentioned anything related to God to my family mm-hmm. in an entire day. yeah and and there there have been weeks where it's the only time we talk about God is at church. Sure. and and I cannot express to you the heartbreak that I feel over sure. that. And I've really felt that a couple years ago. Uh, my wife and I went through a book by Vodi Bachum, and he he just kind of mentions um, this thing called family worship, yeah. right? And I'd never heard the term before. Uh, family devotion, family worship—these different things—and I just felt this really, really strong conviction. Okay, this—if you want to lead your family spiritually and as mm-hmm. a father, mm-hmm. that's our responsibility. Um, but I said, okay, it's something I'm supposed to do. But how do I do it? I'm not—I'm not, I'm not right, a preacher. Right. Right. I mean, I, I don't have a seminary training. I can't do this. And sure. so I spent a couple of years not doing it. Right. 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 Like, I mean, like God was telling me, do it. And I mm. said,
1: I'm not capable. Of I don't it. know how. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And so, you know, I was like, if you want to call, I can put your speakerphone. Right. And, you know, can exactly. talk to my family yeah. like that. But <laughs> otherwise, I don't know how to do it. But then um, my wife and I were at Lifeway one day and we found this really small book. And I love books and I really love short books, but it's called Family Worship. And this book completely changed my life, and it changed the culture of my family. Um, it's written by a guy named Donald Whitney, and, um, and we actually are, are privileged to have Dr. Whitney on the program today. So, Dr. Whitney, thanks for being on here with us.
2: I am glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Uh, so tell us real quick, what is when we say family worship, what does that mean?
2: Well, that is uh, the daily gathering of uh, family, whether it is uh, an engaged couple, all the way to empty nesters, and every uh, every family in between uh, that uh, uh, worships God in their home every day, just by means of reading the Bible, praying together, and singing together.
0: You you make it sound so easy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'll... it is. It yeah. uh, it should be.
0: Yeah. yeah, it should be. But there there is a uh, um, I know for me at least there was a lot of intimidation. Um, almost fear in, in regard to that. And and part of that yeah. is, you know, that feeling, who am I to teach? Um, sure. You know, my, my wife, my kids are going to ask questions that I don't know the answers to. What do you think are some misconceptions that people have toward family worship or even, you know, reasons that they, they don't do it?
2: Well, one is the, thing, the, the thought that there has to be some sort of preparation. You have to get like a devotional together or some sort of lesson. Uh, I have never prepared. Uh, Now, you may come across things, let's say, an article on the Internet or something you read in a book that you want to share with the family. And it's great to do that, but it's not necessary. So I just say pick up the Bible uh, and uh, pick up where you left off last night. Just read the Bible, pray, sing. Another misconception is it has to be like a long worship service. I think a good target for most uh, couples and families would be 10 minutes and even less if you have very small children. So, and another is that uh, especially fathers who should be leading family worship, their spouse is more spiritually mature, are more knowledgeable about the Bible than they are. So they think that they're not qualified to do this. Uh, and, of course, just, just theologically, that's not true. But it, practically speaking, uh, it's not necessary that you be uh, more knowledgeable about the Bible. For example, when all you're doing is reading the Bible, praying together and singing, and, um, you yeah, know, of course, yeah, there will be questions come up you might not have be able to answer, but then it's your job to, to dig it out. And so uh, all of these, I think, just fall away when you look at the simplicity of just read, pray, sing every day.
1: You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We have Donald Whitney on our program right now. We're discussing his book, Family Worship. And the show, uh, well, real quick before I explain where they can find it on our website, where can they find Family Worship book uh, that you've written, Donald?
2: But just about any Christian bookstore certainly can order it if they don't already carry it. It's a Crossway book, and Crossway is a very popular publisher in most uh, Christian bookstores. But then they can go on their online retailers uh, as well. Good.
1: We'll I have some of those links on our show notes on EngageMagazine.net under our podcast page. Now, when you mentioned that the men should be leading the worship, explain a little bit on uh, what— why is that? Why should the men be leading the worship? And what is the role of the spouse, uh, or the, the female, uh, the, the, the wife, in the, in, the, in the worship?
2: Yeah, it's a little broad, but uh, if you look in the passages, uh, and in the book I explain all the passages that, that deal with family worship, though there is no direct command in the Bible about it. It is implied, I think, throughout the Bible. And when you look at these passages, the instructions are always given to the husbands or fathers. Uh, which causes me to say, especially in the New Testament, some of the passages will say fathers, um, like bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But some say husbands, uh, about the passage about the, in Ephesians, about washing your wife with the water of the Word of God. 1 Peter 3 7, about um, uh, uh, living with your wife in an understanding way and so forth. So your prayers won't be answered. The prayers there. Are mutual prayers; those pray together with husbands and wives. So Peter assumed that Christian couples pray together. But the point I'm making now is that that passage says husband, though some say father. So this is why I say, from the the time really you get engaged all the way till death do you part, whether you have children at home and are not, family worship uh, is is for you. But in all of those passages, the instructions are to the father, to the husband. Now, if there is no father at home, uh, then the responsibility falls to the mom to bring the children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, and they should pray God would make them a, a grandmother like Lois or a mother like Eunice, uh, credited by uh, uh, the Apostle Paul for transmitting their faith to, uh, to Timothy. So uh, uh, the, the uh, husband, the father, should take the leadership uh, in this. The wife should be Certainly supportive, and when husband and father can't be there, then she should take up the reins of family worship in the home.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I've shared when I've been able, had the opportunity to um, to talk with some of my friends that are just about to get married, and we're standing maybe at a um, wedding uh, rehearsal dinner, and I stand up and I'll say, look. Uh, your job as a man is to lead your family spiritually, and your job as a wife is to encourage him to do so. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah. the role of the spouse. So,
0: yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, in talking about the biblical examples of um, of family worship, and, and you're right, there's not a command in scripture that says, you know, thou shalt lead your family daily in this practice, but there is that huge biblical. Um, uh, examples, but there's also a lot of historical examples, and you go into that in your book. I remember one anecdote you gave in the book is about Charles Spurgeon uh, and the the way that he did family worship, the way that he would pray, and that's one of the things that stuck with me through the book. But tell me some of the the historical—we love talking about heroes um, on Engage, and so tell us some of the the men in uh, Christian history who have led their family in family worship and the, the impact that made.
2: Well, in this little book, the reason why I have a section uh, that's a survey of of family worship in church history is first of all to demonstrate that uh, the church has always understood the Bible to teach uh, the practice of family worship. That's important because, as as one of you mentioned at the outset, uh, so many people have never heard about this. I grew up in a Bible teaching church and uh, in a in a godly Christian home, I never heard the term. As as, as one of you mentioned, I never heard the term family worshiper, a family altar, or, or, or whatever uh, you know, some synonym there. Never heard that in the church. Never heard it in my home. And so, um, it, it, it all reformation begins with teaching, whether that's in the church or in the home. And if you've never heard teaching on this that uh, then you can't expect people to practice it. I mean, for example, in one of my seminary classes, I once had 115 students. And when I was teaching on family worship, I said, how many of you were brought up in homes where regular family worshipers practiced? And eight out of 115 raised their hand. I said, okay, of the rest of you, how many of you have ever visited in a home where you have seen family worship before? Zero raised their hand. Well, what's the likelihood then that that 107 who's never even seen family worship before are going to go out and train the men in their churches to lead family worship? Well, it's, it's not very high. So uh, that's the reason I wrote the book, is is to teach uh, the idea of family worship from the Bible, from church history. And just about any hero you would hear quoted in, in a, a, a Bible teaching church's pulpit practice family worship. So I've got this little section in the book where going back to the uh, early church and even people who, the first generation of Christians, people who would have actually heard the apostles, we know that they practiced family worship. And then I have a survey through the centuries of, of heroes from the, the, Refor- the Reformation period, like Luther, up through the, the English Puritan period, people they would know like Matthew Henry, for example, um, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Uh, then into the 1900s with people like uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and then several uh, guys from our own uh, uh, 21st century, um, that this has been the historic understanding of, of the church, that the Bible teaches family worship. So we sort of think of ourselves as being on the pinnacle of church history, and in one sense we are. We do stand on the shoulders of giants, but uh, we drop the ball, and so a lot of people think, well, look, if I've been in church all my life. I've never heard any teaching on family worship. This must be some new kind of fad. No, I demonstrate in the book, it goes all the way back to the early church and, and all the way up until our day. And just about any hero uh, you, you would you would know about has practiced family worship. And so you uh, you mentioned Spurgeon, and the reason I include him is manifold. But one of the most important is we tend to think, well, yeah, in the past, okay, you can tell me all these people from history. But in the past, they had more time. You know, never once did these guys ever had to pick up the phone and say hello. Never once did they have to write an email. Well, in the life of Spurgeon, I demonstrate he had more responsibilities than all of us put together. And yet 6 o'clock every night, for all those in his home, and there were usually a lot, uh, they had family worship with his uh, wife, his twin boys, and, and anyone else who was in the house.
0: Yeah, and let me just tell you right now, if you have to step away from the radio, you won't have a chance to listen to the next segment. Go out and buy the book, Family Worship by Donald Whitney. Uh, it will change your life. It will change the culture of your family to help you focus your heart on Christ. Uh, it's biblical examples, historical examples, and it is incredibly beneficial for you. In the next segment, we're going to get into some of the particulars. How do you do family worship? How often? How long should it last? All of those questions going to be answered in the next segment.